for you, I'll never. Just for you, I won't <laughs> ever have, have rough, rough sex, sex with, with Molly, Molly Connolly again. again. Yeah. <laughs> so you better spend some fucking merch money. You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. You have arrived at your destination. Let's do it. I don't know. Um, I'll start with a story. Okay, start with a story. That's good. That's good. So, <clears throat> when I was a young boy, you played my silver father, ball. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, took me into a city to see a marching band. Yeah, <laughs> and he said, "Son, when you grow up, um, good." And good. so on. Good, and so on. Yeah. And everybody who will get it has gotten it now. Yeah. Um, so what I was going to say is I don't know what the hell we're going to call this episode. Um, I don't either. I don't know. I'm not super clear on... I have some things I want to talk about, and this is going to be... This, for, yeah, go ahead. So for me, it's just like I, I'm trying to like... Uh, I don't know... Uh, <laughs> take two things that are uh, very important to me and just uh, examine how they have crossed over for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, maybe maybe for you as well. Well, yeah, and, and I feel like part of the reason that talking about this, this overlap is reasonable for an episode of the show as opposed to just you and me talking, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. off mic. Part of the reason is because there is precedent for the overlap. Like there mm-hmm. are there are a few cases that I want to talk about, but um, so for those cool. of you who are are weird and somehow downloaded and didn't read the title of the thing, we're gonna talk. I mean, what should we even call this? Punk I mean, rock my mom, and comics. My mom or? would probably do that. Okay, well, fair enough. So um, she's weird. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. that's fine. Well, for those of you who didn't who downloaded it um, out of just sheer love of one or both of the hosts, that is unconditional and not because or or relation to. One of the hosts. I, I, I just came up with the name. <laughs> okay, good. Excellent. Com- comic books and punk rock hooks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. It's rubber stamped. All my stalling was worth it. Yeah. Um, okay, so comic books and punk rock hooks. It's not bad. I like it. No. Yeah, it's um, a little long. So we're, we're talking over... That's true. I don't know how it'll fit in. A little it on lengthy. We'll see what happens. But um, nonetheless, we're talking about the overlap between punk rock and comic books and... I don't even know how we want to jump in. I have a few people that I want to talk about. Um, yeah. And so maybe if we want to go person by person, we can do that. Um, yeah. Okay. Who do, who do you um, want to start with? So <clears throat> I'd, I'd like to start with um, Gerard Way. Okay. Sure. And the reason being is I think there's a direct correlation between uh, my love of comic books <clears throat> as an adult and my chemical romance and kind of uh what they uh yeah. did yeah um so so yeah. for for those yeah. of you who don't know um Jardway is a singer um of the pr- most prominently of the band My Chemical Romance who was a big emo band back in the what early 2000s yeah. or something yeah and it, i i also want to say real quick like yeah it, it's called you know the we we're saying punk rock and I, i'm thinking more right right, right less right. 
less of a music genre and more of like yeah. a lifestyle. Sure. Um, you know, I, I realized when we were talking to, um, <clears throat> to, uh, Matt Langston on our pop punk episode in season one. Yeah. Um, I was kind of talking about and, you know, thinking about an entire, like, you know, 10 years of like just bands that existed under yeah. this larger umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of realizing that like, you know, I wasn't that, um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have my finger on the pulse of like specific subgenres at all. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of, you know, when you say punk rock, you don't think my chemical romance, right? Right. Um, right. I mean, you don't, you don't think, you know, some of the other other bands we're talking about either. True. But, you know, they all kind of stem from this uh kind of uh loud emotional yeah. um kind of performative thing. Yeah. yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. And I mean, you know, I I understand like the point that My Chemical Romance is not a punk rock band. Like they're not My Chemical Romance isn't rancid or something. Yeah. But at the same time, there's no question that they're, you know, they're part of the family. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like they that that whole movement comes out well, of if you want it <laughs> honesty, that's all you had to say. <laughs> I haven't listened to them in forever and I need to Man, go back I'd, and do that. I I I just, so good. Like this is one of those bands where um I will I will die upon the hill of yeah. this band. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. to me it's like this isn't this is not a guilty pleasure of mine. No, I know. They're they're this, your jam. Like, yeah, yeah. They're like they they just check and and so real quick, they they broke yeah. up at, uh several years ago. Sure. And then uh, you know, Gerard Way kind of went full full force into like comic books and that kind of thing. Yeah. And they uh, reunited in 2020, mm-hmm. yeah. and they uh, announced uh, a tour. You know, a big North American tour this year. Obviously, mm-hmm. 2020 happened. Didn't yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But they played this show where they got back, and you know, Gerard Way. He's put on some weight. They're all kind of yeah. older. <clears throat> sure. But I, I've watched like almost an entire concert of an iPhone with somebody up in the front row just waiting for like there's yeah. this big backdrop yeah and just waiting for my cam to mm. come on stage mm. that's a good feeling and yeah and, yeah and you know the quality was terrible you know the mm-hmm. phone was moving all over of the video yeah mm-hmm. yeah but i i was sitting there watching this video th- just and i kind of felt nervous yeah like my, my like my pulse picked yeah. up a little bit sure and then the and you know then they started playing this like kind of intro track right yeah yeah, yeah. and then the curtains drop <laughs> and there are these like 40 year old <laughs> hell yeah emotional dudes hell yeah. and i teared up absolutely i teared up <laughs> like this yeah. band was so important to me you yeah. know that's that's really fascinating like yeah I, I like this band and i remember seeing yeah. them i mean i would even go so far as to say i really like this band um but they are they haven't meant to me what they've meant to you for sure, sure. Yeah. um and i also weirdly think that this this episode is going to be nice and tailored to you and i because this first you know talking about gerard way is going to mean more to you and then talking about max bemis is maybe going to be mean more to me or no, at least 100 more to me in a different way yes. um so and i th- yeah. like i think these are two guys that like 
they're like the perfect Venn diagram of you and me, I think. I know. You know what I mean? It's very true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um yeah. so so Gerard Way is saying for my chemical romance, you know, uh incredibly important to a lot of people, especially our age, um, in the punk rock family for sure. But mm-hmm. he also has gone on like when they broke up or took a hiatus in what, twenty thirteen or something like that? Yeah, it looks yeah, like twenty thirteen. Like and then they started getting back together last year. They planned a tour, it didn't happen. Um, but between that time, he got pretty well known. Um, it's not just that he dabbled in it. Like he became a professional to my understanding. Um, yes. Comic Um, book writer. Yeah. And he actually, I guess technically became a professional before uh, the band broke up. I think like 2010 maybe is, I I didn't write down any dates on this, but, uh, when he wrote and collaborated with, uh, what was Gabrielle Ba? Maybe um, um, that sounds the, uh, like that sounds correct. Yeah, the uh, um, Umbrella Academy. Me. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but it, it should be noted that Gerard Way was an artist first. So yes, his grandmother, yes. Good. I think his grandmother's name was Elena mm-hmm. or Elena. Yeah, which he- Helena, the song yeah. is about her. Oh, cool. Um, but uh, you know, she she always pushed him to like sing and dance and paint and yeah. do all of these kind of performative yeah. and artistic things sure um so when he graduated he went to uh, i think the a school of visual arts in new york uh, yeah. he's from you know new jersey yeah yeah and then after after college <coughs> he went and was uh interning at cartoon network pitching cartoons right. but he had also interned in at like vertigo comics and so he was an artist yeah um, he went to, uh, yeah, and you may have just said this, I may have missed you saying this somehow, but he, um, he went to art school, right? Yeah. School, um, yeah. 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 Visual arts, visual, visual arts. school. Yeah. Um, and then, so he was interning, doing all these internships in New York city, yeah. like, and he was like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then while he was at Cartoon Network, uh, nine 11 happened yeah. while he, you know, yeah. He, while he was in the city and it shook him like mm-hmm. it shook it shook the world you know yeah um but it basically he he was like you know i've got to get out of my basement i have to see the world i have to go out and do something like yeah. i have to go like physically go out into the world and do something yeah and that's where my chemical romance came from that's so wild yeah i heard yeah. i was listening to prep for this episode i i didn't know too much about gerard way's personal sort of history and so i, I just listened to a few interviews to kind of get a get a beat on it and he was talking about how like you know it's it's and i love this about him like it wasn't that his very famous band broke up and then he saw this opportunity to leverage that fame into becoming a comics writer right yeah he yeah. he was he like when he described it in one of the interviews i was listening to he was like he was like, look, I was on track to become a comics writer. And then yeah. the band just kept getting more popular. Yeah, and so, got an, you know. Yeah. And he was like, I just detour. started doing it. People loved it. And then I kept doing it. And people loved it more and more. And it's kind of crazy how much it blew up. But he's like, he, he was saying, you know, for him, starting to write comics professionally after the band took a hiatus was like getting back on track, you know? Um, yeah, from the band or something like that, and yeah. so that's that's really cool. But he was, you know, um, always as you were just saying, you know, his grandmother encouraging him and stuff like this. He was always a very mm-hmm. creative person in a lot of different mediums, not just music. Yeah, um, um, you know, and then they, they 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 made like several albums. The first was uh, the worst, um, the Diehards, which I'm a diehard, but like yeah. I have a friend and she is like, oh, you're not a true 
uh, oh yeah, Mike Hem fan. Unless you love that album, unless you love it's the first not, one. it's not, it's not very good. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's, I think it was called. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I can appreciate it. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm also like a professional, like yeah, uh, musician and audio engineer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's called. Uh, I don't even remember what it was called. Something like I, I gave you my bullets and okay. you gave me your love or heart or something like that excellent of course it was yeah and then they made three cheers for sweet revenge yeah okay and three cheers for sweet revenge like well the first the the cover of it looks like a comic book it's it does it's yeah it's these two characters there it looks like they're about to kiss and they're covered in blood yeah um it's really dope looking yeah and that album like it's just like track after track it's like yeah banger after banger bop after bop there yep it's just all so good and yeah. they had their big first track which was uh i'm not okay trust me or yeah, something. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and uh classic i i i kind of realized this and we we talked a little bit about it on the pop punk pop pop punk episode mm-hmm. but yeah you know when my cam came out i was probably what like 19 or something 18 or 19 like yeah probably yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um and a lot of the things that they did with the band was also like a lot of visual art yeah so that first that first song i'm not okay it's like yeah it's 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 kind of like a grandiose sounding pop punk song it's like more Uh than right it's like yeah it's like anthemic it's performative um but the music video was like a like this um kind of summer uh oh yeah mo- movie oh that's and right the, these kids in high school yeah and like, they had like school uniforms right school uniforms that, yeah, they were yeah, yeah. characters and then at the end the the yeah. it, it, there's all these kind of like jocks <laughs> and then the the nerds and then at the yeah. very end of the big build up at the end of the, the video yeah. they collide in like a battle like two lines running at each other and then <laughs> it's over gotcha so like yeah it feels like a movie, yeah. but it feels like the, the 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 thing that's great about comic books. And to me, it's like you can do comic books can like push like film further. It's yeah. like yeah, yeah. It's like a um um. I don't I don't know how to explain it, but like you know, it's like a summer movie. But like this music video felt like more than sure. if that makes sense. With yeah. the, like the characters were a little bit bigger yeah and, yeah yeah. it's 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 you know, more like operatic or um, yeah you know um, something sure. like, it's everything's heightened everything's yeah bigger you know yeah um so and so there's there was this connection between this band and me kind of leaning back into like yeah. uh the things i loved before sure music yeah. you know like uh like movies and comics and that kind of thing um and and that just continued it's like they were never just a band. It yeah. was is you know that their next big video, uh, Helena, was this this yeah. funeral with the this dancing oh, that's right. ballerina corpse. I didn't go back and watch any of their videos yeah. to prep for this. I, I, need to I go didn't watch either. Them. These that's, are ingrained. You just in remember, me. yeah. Um, and then the <laughs> next crazy. one was yeah. a battle, uh, uh, a D Day battle in World War Two. Yeah, the slower it, track, I think. Yeah. Right? yeah, 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 yeah. At the end of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a love scene. I see you are never coming home, never coming oh, home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. You know, and then the video is like, it's basically the band uh, slow dancing with their sweethearts before they go to war, and it right. keeps cutting back and forth between that and the storming the beach in Normandy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, 
It's yeah. just it's film. It's it's it is. cinematic. It's yes, it's theatrical. Um, yeah, um, yeah, and, and I think that's I, you know this goes to one of the interviews that I was listening to him speak about as well, where he was talking about um, he, he did some speculation on like the overlap between comics and and being in a band and stuff like that, and he was saying. He was saying, like, um, he was glad that the guys he was in a band with would let him indulge in some of the same artistic output that he would do in comics. Like, he mentioned, like, you know, um, he never wanted to be the band who was just wearing hoodies, just out there playing the songs and whatever. He was like, you know, I'm thinking about Alice Cooper. I'm thinking about all these sort of big stage show, you know, sort of theatrics type type bands. And he talked about always wanting to do that. Yeah. with them. But, but then after Sweet Revenge, the Black Parade, like yeah. the whole album was a kind of concept album about dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and you know they they wore these black marching band uniforms on right. tour with right. it and yeah. like you know these all the videos kind of exploring different parts of that. Uh-huh. Um and it's uh, argu- I'm gonna, argu- arguably one of the greatest albums of our time or I'm gonna, our generation i'm gonna anyway. end up listening to a lot of them this week now that we're even yeah talking about you, you this you really need to um, i need um, to it's been a while the black parade yeah. was one where i listened to the to three cheers quite a bit um yeah. and i sort of left it for black parade sure. like i sort of like i didn't dislike it at all it just something yeah. about it, it didn't click immediately into place and so right. i didn't dig into those b-sides as much as i would yeah, have you know? i i, I um, feel like for me it was kind of the opposite where i like yeah. i like three cheers sure um quite a bit especially the videos i'm like oh this this band is something special and yeah. then the black parade came out i'm like oh is this what my parents felt like when like they discovered queen right you know or yeah, yeah, or yeah. you know when they first yeah. heard bohemian rhapsody is, is that what very, they felt like it, it had some queeny sort of influence to it sure. right i mean especially yeah. the opening of that one track but like i understand how that would seem like more of a culmination of what they could potentially offer because it's like black parade at least my memory of it seems more like a cohesive piece than does uh three cheers you know what i mean Um, yes yeah yes and no um i i feel like it probably i can see it feeling like that but once you really dig into it it's like musically it's not musically like you know one of one of the like teenagers versus the black you know what i mean yeah i'd forgotten about teenagers Um, yeah 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 Mm -hmm. and there's this one track on there that's like uh uh i don't love you like i loved you yesterday it feels like just like a an adult band playing mm-hmm. and like it, it, it you know it, it sure i don't know it, it's hard hard to say like it harkens to like other like kind of more classic rock and roll genres at times yeah, yeah. which um, is part of the reason honestly like those those forays into different stylistic outputs is part of the reason that you know calling them a punk rock band sells them a little bit short you know it's not they're not yeah they're exactly. not it's not green day's dookie that they're making yeah you know um not to say yeah. that that's bad that's that's excellent but yeah. um so yeah so I, I could talk about the Black Parade for an entire sure. episode, but yeah, I'm not yeah, going to yeah. do that. Yeah. Uh, the next album they did mm-hmm. was the album that really hit home for me. Like, yeah. Oh no, I want to. I want to be a visual artist. This is the one, um, the right before the hiatus, right? Isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. I was yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. this was the last one they did right before he, before they, yeah, yeah, uh, stopped. The album's <clears> called <throat> Danger Days and the True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, again, it's a concept album. Yeah. Um. They even they they explore other kind of like. So well, actually, right before this album, they did a cover of Desolation Row for the Watchmen movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that it's it's really like 
leather jacket sounding punk rock, but with Gerard Way's voice, which cool. is pretty yeah. great. Yeah, it's great. Um, and I think that it almost feels like that um, inspired um, Danger Days a little bit because Danger okay. Days it, it goes even. F- more full on like we're we're wearing leather jackets now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is less operatic, and now it's like leather jackets, rock and roll, but sure. also com- like synthesizers. Yeah. But most importantly, um, these characters living in the desert shooting laser guns. Yes. At Grant Morrison. Yes, at Grant Morrison. <laughs> right. So 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 it's like yeah. this album is is a comic book splash page. It is. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, I remember the video, at least one of the videos, I don't remember which song was it for. Uh, na, 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 Yeah. And they're all costumed up. They're all in superhero yeah. costumes. Right. Um, and as you said, Grant Morrison's in the video. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, not really superheroes. They're just, they're just these kind of like Mad Max, but like with primary colors characters. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. they wear these like, but these sort of Helmets. iconic. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. It's, it's it's a it's an it's a it's a costume. I mean, yeah, it doesn't no, have to be a superhero yeah. costume, but it's like a yeah. you know that's what this character wears. Um, yeah. Which is a very comic book thing to do. You know. Yeah. This Here. character wears this. So um, yeah. So Grant Morrison obviously is you know one of the greats in comic book writing. Yeah. Um, and it would make sense as to. Uh, Gerard Way kind of uh, getting that them getting each other right yeah so this is here's a quote from um, Grant Morrison talking about um, Gerard Way and his character in uh-huh. uh, Killjoys okay the character's name is Course K O R S E sure he says Course is an exterminator for the Scarecrow unit of Better Living Industries and Scarecrow is spelled in all caps and there's a slash between every letter so S C A R E yeah. Oh my God. Um, so he said his extensive backstory has yet to be revealed, but he's uh, intimately connected um, with the Killjoys and their secret history. Yeah. He's a remorseless human <laughs> bloodhound, a hunter who dresses like an like an undead post-apocalyptic Doc Holiday. Um, and then Morrison, yeah, right. And then Morrison went on to praise Mike Kim frontman gerard way who is also the writer and co-creator of the uh, umbrella academy and yeah. killjoys which yeah. killjoys is an actual mini series on dark horse comics yeah. that continues the story of the girl in the music video right um yeah, he says gerard yeah. is the real deal and certainly not a tourist in comics yeah. he was an intern back at vertigo when i was doing the invisibles he loves comic books so he was obviously comfortable with the language and uh, storytelling rhythms. Yeah. What I love most about Umbrella Academy is its humor and the mad surrealist edge, yeah. which wasn't uh, exactly what I expected from him after hearing the Black Parade. Yeah. So it's a very I, accomplished and distinguished comic with a, uh, with great art by Gabrielle Gabrielle Ba. Which, ba yeah. yeah. That yeah. that is one of the most that is the most damn Grant Morrison quote. That I could yeah, ever, right. you know what I mean? It's yeah. an intergalactic Doc Holiday laser yeah. beam psychic Martian. He's a remorseless yeah. human. Remorseless. <laughs> yeah, a hunter who dresses like an <laughs> undead post apocalyptic uh, Doc Holiday. We also have to do an episode on just completely religiously insane comic book writers. Um, 
Yeah, yeah uh, but it, because he's he's one of the paradigms. But uh, yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense to me that uh, those two would understand each other's uh, sort of aesthetic tastes and stuff like that. Yeah, it's cool that Grant Morrison threw that in there of like he's not a tourist in comics, which is um, yeah one of the things that I think is great about him. Uh, being in the comics world is that, like we were saying, he's not, he's done his due diligence. He cares about this stuff. He loves it. Um, But also one of the things that I heard Gerard Way say um, about Grant Morrison was uh, that Grant Morrison weirdly didn't give him much advice or wasn't much of a mentor in terms of writing comics. He was like, which is what I would have expected. You know, I mean, you see Grant Morrison show up and then a couple years later you hear that Gerard Way is writing comics. I go, oh, cool. Well, like Grant Morrison helped him along or whatever. But apparently it was like Grant Morrison was more of just a friend and mentor in general. Um, and just gave him sort of, if anything, he said life yeah. advice, uh, as opposed to like advice about cool. writing. Yeah. As opposed to <laughs> pretty cool advice. to be able to say that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I don't know what that would be. He and would yeah, use it's the word funny intergalactic. Like, in you have to be a nerd to be sent when you're talking about Gerard way, yeah. like being yeah. friends with Grant, Mo- uh, like, yeah. <laughs> like friend with Grant Morrison and how yeah. cool that is yes. versus vice versa. you know, the, the, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, yeah. So anyway, you you mentioned uh, the name of a couple of his books. So let's talk about his comics output. Yeah. So um, he, yeah. you know, he he co-created the Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Um, which turned into a Netflix, a very successful Netflix series, which has now had two seasons. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty. It's pretty accurate to the comic, but the comic uh, is a little bit more surrealist, I guess. Yeah. Um and then he he uh, I'm not, I'm not sure of the the order of things but then he made uh the the fat true the killjoys mm-hmm. uh yeah. I forget exactly what yeah, it's called. Yeah, it's got yeah, it's got some longer title. Um but yeah, the story yeah, the something, book about something, the, the true lives I think the true lives of the fabulous fabulous killjoys. Sure. Um and he worked with uh, I think he co-wrote that with Sean uh, Simon or Simone. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. Becky Cloonan was the uh, the artist illustrator. Okay, and it should be noted that Becky Cloonan uh, went on to become the first woman woman to ever draw Batman on the main title. Really? Um, yeah. So oh my she, God. yeah, she she drew Batman on part of uh scott snyder's run dude that's super embarrassing i would yes <laughs> yes that's so embarrassing i would yeah. expect like i don't know that i would expect now that i've consciously thought about it but like but like i would i would presume that um the the first woman to draw batman on the main title would be like <laughs> would be a great grandmother you know like yeah i worked yeah. <laughs> i yeah. worked back in the early 50s because it took <laughs> us a decade to get there but like yeah. the fact <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Um, okay, but I think I think one of his biggest accomplishments thus far yeah. in comics was co-founding uh, basically an imprint of yeah. DC Comics called uh, DC's Young Animal. Young Animal. Yep. Uh, which I think started in like 2016. And or is that? Do like you know that. if that's a nod to something? I didn't come across anything. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't. I know. mean, obviously, my brain went immediately to like what is it animal man by grant morrison like yeah he, he did a run on animal man I mean, but probably I, something like that yeah i don't know the, the name fits the name is perfect though somehow yeah the aesthetic yeah, of so the, that it, name yeah, is perfect yeah it's it's like a a, a a part of dc comics that kind of yeah. focuses on more mature readers i mm-hmm. guess yeah um but also still very kind of like 
a juvenile kind of feel, young animal. So yeah. it's like mature readers, but for younger people, sure. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Gerard Way wrote uh, The Doom Patrol yeah. on That's right. that that kind of and there's that, also uh, there's um as i was looking into young animal i found a title that i really want to check out which is um and i'm going to get the name wrong but it's something like is it mistress chaos or something like that yeah um, i didn't i didn't write it down <clears throat> yeah i forget the exact name but it's some it's something chaos and it's a it's a vigilante that lives in the gotham world um, that is oh. on the young animal imprint and i was like oh i would like to read that yeah. i i also really like the fact that i heard him talk about like his sort of process for putting together young animal and how he sort of pitched it to Jim Lee and the other guys that were there. And, um, he was talking about how he, what he wanted to do, uh, was go and find old characters that no one was using. And like, he wanted, yeah. he wanted to use doom patrol and then use these old characters that were like out of the, out of the game at this point, And then like revamp them and do new things with them. And I was like, God, you are just, that's so cool. <laughs> That's the, that's the coolest yeah. move. Like that's the yeah, that's the coolest so, move. It's so punk rock. It really right? is. Yes, exactly. You don't come um, in there going, I want to write Spider Man. I mean, I know that's not DC, yeah. but you know, you don't come in being like, I want to write Wonder Woman. It's it's no no no. Yeah, that's it, the it, move. That's the and, cool and, you move. Know, it's it's the same thing with like you know James Gunn, right? So mm-hmm. James Gunn's like, yeah. Uh, okay, so what are you gonna make for the MCU? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, obviously. Yeah. You know, yeah. make these. You know. Uh, very like lesser known characters yeah. and, and make them pop or whatever which is super smart um, because you don't yeah. have to worry as much about the already sort of pre-stamped you yeah. know tendencies or expectations of the characters you can do things that are outside of the box a little yeah. bit more and i, I yeah. actually haven't read gerard way's doom patrol which i definitely need to yeah um, i haven't either i need to yeah yeah for sure um so that yeah that's that's kind of his uh in a nutshell, yeah. uh, his his um, go. And have you read Have you read the Umbrella Academy? Have you read any of that? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got I've got I think I, the first two. Um, I think I read the first trade, maybe the first two. Um, yeah. I remember enjoying it, but I remember it not like knocking my socks off. And I don't mean that in any sure. sort of negative way. I just meant like yeah. I read it and I was like, oh, that's good, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I I didn't know if you like read it and loved it or. If you were like, uh, yeah, yeah good. no, I, I, I did. Uh, I read it kind of probably ten years ago at this okay. point. Okay, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I, d- I was in that kind of phase of like Gerard Way's writing comic books. Of course, this is cool. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's it's this this idea of like you know, punk rock was for like the the kids who didn't you know and you know, yeah. Of course, Blink made it mainstream, right? Yeah, right. And Green Day made it mainstream, <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. it's still this idea that like. Oh, this is mine. Yeah, and it's a you know, comic different. books. Yeah. Comic books have gone through the exact same thing, where yep. it's like, growing up, it's like you know, my dad knew all, everything about yeah. all the comic books and the characters and the series, but like nobody cared. No, he really cared. Yeah, and because he really cared, and I found this connection between the things that he loved and taught me to love, and you know, rock and roll. Yeah, um, yeah. It just it was like uh, just a big. Uh, imprint on me, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, he, uh, it should also be noted that um, he, uh, his debut in Marvel was writing um, 
an alternate universe Spider-Man for the Edge of Spider-Verse series. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read about this. He, mm-hmm. Yeah, he wrote Penny Parker, um, mm-hmm. who's a Japanese-American student who pilots a biomechanical suit named <laughs> SPDR. Oh, my God. That's um, excellent. And, and if you see, uh, you know, Into the Spider-Verse, yeah. the, the Miles Morales story, the animated, yeah. which is, if, if you haven't seen it, y'all oh, are sleeping on something yeah, no, really, that's... really special I think. yeah it's excellent it's, it's um yeah it's and everything like from this the story to the the characters and performances but the animation style is like nothing yeah. you've ever seen before no it's yeah you know? it's a new experience it's so good so yeah so it, I, I had no idea that gerard way basically created one of the characters that's in that movie yeah i didn't you know, know that either that's so um, cool which is pretty neat yeah that's great um oh so i i uh, I have only probably one other thing to say about Gerard Way before we, you know, switch gears. If you have more, totally. But um, the only other I thing, always, but <laughs> yeah, sure. <I've>, yeah. <laughs> um, but the the one of the things I was gonna say is um, I was watching another video that I found was was Gerard Way talking about some of his favorite books. And uh, he was talking about like, you know, he, he's into comics, so it's he's writing a bunch of superhero stuff, but it's not like he's just into superheroes, right? He's just into yeah. the medium itself. And so, um, right. and, and like career wise, like if you're wanting to make a career out of writing comics, yeah. you're writing superheroes. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, of course. And it seems like he's done really, really well because, I mean, um, he's not yeah. been just a flash in the pan in the comics world. Like uh, you were saying, you know, they've made uh, Umbrella Academy into a TV show. They've made Doom Patrol into a TV show at this point. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. based on his run or not. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not if, be surprised. If you've seen either. any of that show, it's it's yeah. very much mature audience. Oh, okay. You know? Gotcha. And, and very funny. Yeah. I yeah. haven't seen it, actually. I've seen the, the you know, um, poster or whatever. But um, Yeah, it's, wor- it's worth watching. Nice. Um, but yeah, so I, I found this uh, video of him talking about some of his favorite books and like there was a superhero book or two on there, but it was very much about like the, the format, like the medium. Um, and yeah. his number one favorite book, and I won't spend much time talking about this guy, but I have to mention him because it was like his number one favorite book is now, I think probably one of my favorite comics artists that I've ever seen. He was just so good. His name was Al Columbia. Mm-hmm. And um, he wrote, uh, he did a, a little bit of work with uh, Alan Moore back in the day on something that he did. And then he's he's worked occasionally. But he has this like aura of like, like uh, sort of rumors around him and stuff. Like he'll quit books halfway through and stuff like yeah. this. He's this very, very strange guy. And then he did a book for Fantagraphics, um, the publisher, called The Biologic Show. Um, and he only did two issues, two single issues. And each issue is sort of like a number of little bitty short three to four page stories or something. And it's black yeah. and white. He did two issues, issue number zero and issue number one. And it was released however long ago. And I looked them up on eBay and they're like 100 to $150 each just for the single issues. Wow. Um, but it is, it is super, it was like, it's like Eraserhead, Thomas Ligotti style comics. Yeah. It's just yeah. super dark, super nihilist, black and white. Some of the sca- like the scariest, weirdest art that I've ever seen. Super good. So I'm very thankful to Gerard Way this week for for hooking me up with that. But that was his number. Very he was cool. like, "This is the most." He's like, "This is the most unique thing that I have, and it's my favorite thing." And I was like, yeah. "You have you have fine taste, Gerard Way." <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, he went on to uh, to marry uh, the bass player from Mindless Self Indulgence. Oh, really? L Y N dash Z. Cool. And they have a a, a child together, a little girl yeah. named Bandit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what of course, a good of name. Course, of, of course, course she'd be named Bandit. Of way. course she would. Yeah. 
absolutely. Um, well, before we uh, take a break and switch gears, I do want to bring up something that I'm not even sure that you thought about um, and that I almost yeah. didn't think about. And then um, just it barely came to mind. And this is a third person that we okay. can draw this line with, which is Claudio yeah. Sanchez. Um, I did think about Claudio. Did you? Okay. I right. did. Yeah. So uh, do you want to talk about Claudio now? Do you want to take a break and come back? I, uh, I don't want to spend no, a ton we, of time we, on him. Yeah, we can but, a little bit. Um, yeah. Because uh, what... So I think what's interesting about Claudio is... Mm -hmm. So for folks uh, who don't know, this is the singer of yeah. Coheed and Cambria, who is another yes. band that's in yeah. this sort of broader genre family. Yeah. Um, the, I, I was actually pretty pretty into Coheed. Yeah. Um, very they, good. You know, they were very good. Uh, yeah. Again, for me, it was like, I like this, but uh -huh. it wasn't like, oh my God, Coheed. Oh, and, sure. But... I know that people who said, did feel that way for yes, sure. Yes, that but, being yeah. said, Coheed's, Coheed's the type of band that did see some like some mainstream success. Mm -hmm. But I think the super fans of that band yeah. are, uh, it's 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 kind of more cult status Absolutely. or something. If yeah, that makes it is. Sense. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, Claudio was was making uh, these albums, these concept albums, and then releasing comics along with those albums. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and I actually never read the comics, so I was going to mention this, but yeah. I, I don't know that I have much to say I, about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't have a ton to say about it. Um, it. They definitely are one of those one of those groups who like you know have cult status. Like people love them, and I remember listening to them. You know, listening to like In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth three and Second Stage Turbine Blade. They had these these like grandiose epic yeah. names for their stuff. Yeah, and it was all sort of intergalactic <laughs> themed and all this kind of stuff. And he made it pretty clear that there was this narrative that this was spelling out. And um, yeah. I remember thinking, um, and this was before any of the comics had been released, and I remember thinking that in and of itself was super, super intriguing and cool. Yeah. Like, the fact that you could try to piece together what the narrative was by reading his lyrics and, and but, yeah, you know, you all this kind of stuff. But, yeah, you 100% didn't have to. No, like, you it, didn't it have wasn't, to. You know. No, the music was good. But, um, yeah. but if you wanted to, you could dig in and try to piece things together and figure out who, yeah. what's what. And it always gave me, like, the, the feeling of whatever narrative he was trying to gesture toward in all those songs always kind of gave me the feeling of like a like an anime or like a final fantasy type thing um, sure and i don't yeah, know why that was just sort of a grand sort of space opera kind yeah, of just it's more it, it felt like a, a a a dirty kind of fantasy yeah like like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. like there's there's definitely rusted metal yeah. but it's still fantasy you <laughs> yeah, know what i mean sure sure yeah absolutely and so um yeah. the only i did read part of um, one of his books, and I want to say it was called The Armory Wars, um, and I'm not sure, um, or was it The Bag Online Adventures? I don't remember. Honestly, I don't remember what it was. It was a trade that uh, one of my old roommates had and let me borrow, um, and I read it, and I just have to be honest, I didn't think it was good. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> like, Claudio's never going to hear this. Um, you yeah, know, he's no. he's a wonderful. Uh, well, he's. I mean, he's also like. Yeah. N n you don't hear about him working in comics. No, either, you don't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You really don't. Um. And but, he he uh, may be like one of the one of the pictures that I found of him. Like his picture on his Wikipedia when I looked him up is him at New York Comic Con. So sure. Yeah. Maybe you so. know he he yeah. may be doing I need to work look more into yeah, that, yeah. you know his stuff for sure. But and so that's my only experience with it. But I just didn't want to yeah. you know if we're doing this this topic we have to at least mention him because yeah. He is another. And person I will say, uh, I've seen Mike him twice uh -huh. live, and I've yeah. seen uh, uh, Coheed Coheed twice. Yeah, um, 
and very different experiences. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I saw Mike him shortly after Three Cheers came out. Yeah, that was when I saw him with you, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We saw them. I think we saw him in Nashville. Did they? Uh, yeah, it was at um, Rocket Town. They opened Town. for like uh, Fall Out Boy. Oh, for Fall Out Boy, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was a great show. Uh, yeah. And then it was great. Yeah. Um, and then I saw them in Tiff and I drove all the way to Missouri to watch them after Danger Days came out. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, I, we actually met up with uh, a, a guy, a singer, songwriter, uh, Corey Martin. Uh, he was mm-hmm. in a band called The Radiance Effect. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we met up with him and his wife just to go to that show. Cool. And I remember after the show, we were sitting down and we were, I think we were, at a restaurant or something eating mm-hmm. and he he just said why do we even why do we even try you <laughs> why, know like why are we doing this yeah yeah like <laughs> he's like what they're doing is yeah. just so much more than yeah. a guy sitting down and playing songs that he wrote you know? yeah mm-hmm. um yeah. and again like yeah. you know those types of things and i'm sure coheed kind of played into it too yeah i mean coheed like when you're wa- like when you're watching a coheed show yeah Mm-hmm. There are just moments that like may, they bring tears to your eyes because sure. they're just so intense. They're big and yeah, big and intense. Yeah. An entire room. F- like yeah. I, I saw them just a couple of years ago when they were in town because uh, a friend of mine had uh, uh, passes because his dad's a, a press photographer for that venue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it was them and saves the day. Gotcha. And that coheed like the 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 air in the room was just like thick <laughs> yeah you know what i mean yeah 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 uh-huh. and there were parts where the crowd yeah. was singing you know the melodies louder than the speakers and yeah. it's just like it, it was it was wonderful yeah you know that's intense yeah yeah um yeah well i'm glad we i'm glad we at least mentioned you yeah. know claudio and coheed um all right well you want to take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about max bemis and then just some general thoughts yeah let's let's take a break and then we'll come back and then after that <laughs> We'll, we'll 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 discuss what we do. We'll, well, let's not jump to okay. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> hey, sugar. I'm Erica Michelle. I host a voice diary called Brown Sugar Diaries on the Rock Kitty Network, where I spill all the tea about my daily experiences, life lessons, my journey to healing and wholeness, my life as an entrepreneur, student doctor, CEO of a nonprofit, and I give my opinion on the current happenings of the world. You see why I have this voice diary? a lot of stuff to talk about tune into brown sugar diaries wherever you listen to podcasts and let's sip on this tea or wine you'll cup your business sugar okay so before we get into this next thing i do have to share that i did have a victory today um this is a tangent but i do have to share this and that is i poached my first egg today i never poached an egg before and I did it, and I'm proud of myself, and I just wanted it for posterity that I poached Does that have something egg. to do with water? It does. Yeah, you boil water, and then you pour a cracked egg into it, and it just yeah. it just makes it... It's like making the runniest, most delicious egg you've ever had, but you don't have a bunch of oil all over it. And yeah. so then you can put that on some avocado toast and have yourself a dangus party, you know? Huh. So. Wow. That's all. That's all. Who We're... Ba- <laughs> Who would have thought about that? That's all. We're back. That's not apt at all, but I was thinking about it during the break. All right. Yeah. So It's good to think. It's good to think sometimes. Sometimes you can't <laughs> help it. So Yeah, sometimes. Um, let's talk about the other guy we we're talking about. Yeah. In let's terms talk of about, um, using comics. Yeah, let's talk about Mr. Max Bemis. Mr. Bemis. So as we were saying, um, 
in the first half, I think this is going to be sort of an inverse where Max Bemis is going to mean things to me that he probably doesn't mean to you. Um, yeah. and, and I don't know that he means to more to extent. me. I don't know that right. he means more to me. I just feel like I like him for slightly different reasons than... It's, yeah. I mean, there, it's a huge overlap, but it's just a, yeah. it's it's a question a, it's, of emphasis. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that 100%. makes sense. Um, so Max Bemis is the singer of a band called Say Anything. Um, band is maybe a generous term. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it probably started out started out more yeah. as kind of a band. Yeah. Well, actually, no. I oh, think is that it was wrong? A, I think it was like a Dave Grohl Foo Fighters thing. Is it? Okay. Like, oh, that's right. He tracked most of the stuff yeah. early on, right? Is that yeah, kind of what... Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> if it was Is A Real Boy or, or whatever they did before is, yeah. or whatever he did before Is A Real Boy, but yeah. there's... There's a thing about that album that feels like everything's coming, like even the drums and yeah. the, the guitars, it feels like they're coming out of the way he spits words out of his face, yes, right? Yes, Like yes. in that way, uh, he plays the drums and yeah. plays the keyboard and plays the That makes a lot guitar. of sense, yeah. yeah. There's, there's, I mean, I know at least for some portion of his uh, professional musical career, he's been doing that because there's a line in one of, my favorite songs, and I may misquote it a little bit, but the gist of it is um, he, he's talking about himself, and he says he's going to hire five skinny, better-looking men to play guitar parts he'll never play again. Yeah. Um, and I'm just, yeah. <laughs> just like, <laughs> so he just plays the guitar for the record, and then when he goes out, he hires, you know, uh, yeah. young, attractive boys to play, to be in his band. Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> so, Which I've, I've seen, yeah. I've seen uh, Say Anything, yeah. uh, I think, twice now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Oh, have you yeah, only that, seen that, him that those track. two times? We saw him twice together. Oh, um, we, you were with. I was with we you both. Together the I was first with you two of so, the yeah. times. Yeah, yeah um, I've only seen him those two times. Okay, yeah. The first time Although we saw I do, him, I do have, I do have a uh, a Max Bema story. That's. Uh, oh yeah, I saw him. Uh, IRL. Bef- IRL. Yeah. And it was in a really strange context. Oh, interesting. Kind of. Are you we'll, saving we'll it? You, okay. Yeah, All I'll right. save it. It's, save it's, it. it's nothing. Right. It's nothing big, but cool. I think we have to. Yeah. cover more ground first sure 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 so he's um he's the the singer and various other things i mean he's the main creative force of say anything um mm-hmm. they came to prominence in the sort of punk scene with is a real boy yeah. um in 2000 and i didn't even look it up i should have yeah. um, well i was uh i was jamming that album a lot whenever i was in college the first time yeah so that would have been that would have been two thousand six. So two thousand, they released Junior Varsity. Uh, first full length was Baseball in two thousand one. Two thousand four was Is a Real Boy. So. Yeah. So I would just I would ha- I'd have my old iPod, you know, the white one with the circle click buttons mm-hmm. and all. Mm-hmm. I would just I would just jam, say anything in my headphones outside of the lecture. Sure. And then wait for it to start and then just walk out, <laughs> then walk away. Nice. That's that was my first <laughs> go at college. That's just so say, funny. Li- say anything and just. Them making me feel things mm-hmm. enough to where I'm like, I can't go in there. Yeah, right. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, I guess. That book, <laughs> that, uh, that, that record is, I mean, it's... And, and it's not <sighs> punk rock at all, right? Not really, no. It's, uh, well, not, I don't know, not, not, not at all. genre. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I understand how it's not. Like, 
it's like it's melodic it's and melodic. floaty yeah and, and it's complex and it's sort of yeah in the instrumentation but and things like the that attitude it's the attitude sure. yeah it's yeah. the attitude it's the yeah. i mean all the way down to the fact that he enunciates like he does is yeah. makes it feel punk rock i mean he has an entire and it's it, one of the things that he has sort of perfected and this will come into talking about his comics as well is this sort of notion of being sort of up your own ass about other people being up their own ass. So, like, yes. what I mean by that is he's very judgmental of people that he perceives as being, um, what's the word, what's the P word I'm trying to think of? Um, not prestigious, but um, pretentious. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Pretentious. He's like, he's he's pretentious about people who are pretentious. Um, yes. This is one, of, and, and you see this, I mean, the, the, the clear... Uh, winner for this category on Is a Real Boy is Admit It, um, yeah. which is one of my favorite songs of all time, but it's just him shitting on people who th- <laughs> he thinks are fakes and frauds and sellouts and hipsters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's, and he's but doing it's very, it from a rock record he's making in Brooklyn, which is yes, <laughs> yeah. But it, he's so self-deprecating though yeah. throughout the the process. That's true. And there's also like you know he 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 mentions this a lot in some interviews, but you know he's yeah. he comes from a Jewish yeah. uh, family, yeah. And he mentions and references a lot of of his famous or his fa- favorite uh, Jewish comedians, yeah, yeah. In the way in which they tell jokes and how se- self-deprecating they are, yeah. And, you know, you're not going to listen to a Say Anything record and not laugh. No. Because it's like, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, all ve- it's all so incredibly <laughs> serious yeah. and pointed, yeah. but not serious at all. Yeah. And you can laugh at it, but also, like, feel his anger and then also be like... It's, it. Yeah. So I, I think for me, in, in, in 2005 and six when I was listening to this mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. Um, I think that at, at that part point in my life uh listening to say anything was a little like taboo maybe okay um, uh-huh. you know coming from like a churchy kind of background oh i see yeah mm-hmm. um and max bemis uh I'll, I'll also say this you know he's there have been uh there's and like you were talking earlier about uh the comic artist or the the writer mm-hmm. you know there have been a lot of rumors about max there's like sure this idea of almost this kind of like edgy character um i don't know i, I don't know yeah. what, what i'm trying to say no it's, no it's no just, I, I i know what you're talking about i mean yeah. he he ended up like there so, are a lot of stories yeah. about max bemis and so say anything is at least at this point on hiatus um he put out he put out several records i mean a bunch of records after is a real boy but he wrapped it up with a record called what was it oliver um oliver something uh, oliver appropriate oliver appropriate thank you yeah so he wrapped it up with a record called Oliver Appropriate. And he, before that record dropped, or right as that record was dropping, he released it independently. And then he put up this whole long diatribe on his social media and the website and all this kind of stuff saying that, like, all the records up to this point had been written from the perspective of a character or something like that. Like, it was, sure. I read it at the time and I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember going, are you sure? Like, yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah. going, are you sure you're not just reinterpreting this stuff now? Um, right. Or something like that. And who knows? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he is, but it was just one sure. of those things where it was like, is this really been like a 15 year plan that you've never told anyone until right now? Yeah. Um, so yeah. when he, when they were, when he was making is a real boy, yeah. 
Um, he had uh, undiagnosed bipolar disorder. Yeah. And uh, he had uh, some manic episodes um, and some where it's like you kind of he kind of felt like invincible, almost like you were uh-huh. on psychedelics and uppers at the same time. Yeah. And I think at one point, like someone found him like naked in public or something mm-hmm. to where like you hear all these things and you're like, you know, as a as a, you know, a teenage guy that comes from like church and stuff. Yeah. It's like, yeah how should I feel about this character and the things he's saying? But when I'm listening to the music, it's yeah. like, Oh my God, I crave what this is. Yeah, absolutely. It's this, there's, there's just mm-hmm. a, a, a raw sense of just yeah. honesty to a fault, to a fault, you know, yeah, all the way down. Um, he's yeah. 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 Um, and I think it, it, for me, it was like a total, like almost like a drug, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, and and it, that's one of the it's it's funny because like I was very into is a real boy after that record, and we'll we'll talk about his his sort of um uh you know mental health issues because that plays into his comics, but um yeah. but uh after at is a real boy he put out in defense of the genre he put out a couple other records that I kind of lost touch with like I didn't yeah. when I listened to them it was like the things that are the most exciting like I like all say anything but the things that are most exciting for, for me. Are are the sort of spitting, angry, but also yeah. self-depreciating, sort of admit it type stuff. Um, yeah. And I felt like that stuff sort of got lost in more more of the just yeah, so, interesting, yeah. complex instrumentation and songwriting and stuff like that, which I can appreciate, but doesn't mm-hmm. sort of rev my engine in the same way. Yeah. Um, so I lost track with him until Hebrews came out, which was a record he put out later. Um, yeah, so it was yeah. is in the in defense of the genre, yeah. which I want to say he actually. It was like a double record or something. I mean, it yeah, was, yeah. I, I remember buying it at a Hastings and being super psyched about yeah. it. Like, I feel like you know, there was wasn't wasn't it every lots rec- of yeah. Huh? No, you. I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah, lots Ooh, lots yeah. of featured. Yeah, I was gonna say I think singers. I think every one of those re- every one of those songs has someone from because I mean it's called in defense of the genre. So like yeah. Tom DeLonge was on that record somewhere. Um, yeah. Haley from Paramore was on that record yeah. somewhere. Like all these I th- people. I think, Matt, I think Gerard Way was on okay. there as well. Yeah, wouldn't so surprise just me. So all of, you know. Yeah. Probably anybody he could get. Yeah. After that, uh, he made a, a an album called Say Anything. Okay. And yeah. it and it was actually like probably the height of their mainstream success. Uh huh. Yeah. And the record sounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the record sounded like it. Yeah. Uh, it sounded great. Yeah. Um, and I was actually a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. Big surprise. Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Sure. Uh, I want to say the, uh, one of the the singles I actually um, still sing probably weekly. Yeah. Uh, I hate everyone upon this cursed earth. Yeah, that was a great song. I'm all, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm always singing. Like, f- still to this day, sure. I'm always singing that. <laughs> I hate every. I, you know, it's like, sure, it's funny, but yeah. like, yeah, I kind of feel that yeah. way too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's what he's good at, right? It's like yeah. you can read it. He's like he's like the the Adam West Batman show. You can read it on the surface where it's like, yeah. no, I hate everyone, and then you can read it as this tongue in cheek, self depreciating thing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, I hate everyone <laughs> upon this cursed earth. Yeah, of course, it's very tongue in cheek. So I grew a few hairs where the sun don't shine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I gotta listen to that again too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I missed out on those records. Like I listened to them later, and I like them, but they didn't sort of do it for me. Um, yeah. And then in 2014, or he may have put out, he put out like an early rarities thing um, between that sort of B-sides and whatever. Um, And then in 2014, he put out, oh no, I'm sorry, I'm also missing Anarchy My Dear, which was 2012. Um, 
do you, do you have thoughts about that one? Anything? Uh, so mm. after the actually after the the uh, um, self titled record, I kind of yeah. fell off, um, and I I picked it up a little bit more with Hebrews. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I fell off again. Sure. Yeah. Um, um, he- Hebrews was the one that um, that was the one other than is a real boy that I I wore out. Um, yeah. It was the, the interesting thing about that was. <clears throat> instrumentally um it was there were no there may no have guitars. been guitars on there but i don't know yeah. uh it, it yeah you may know for sure I, it doesn't seem I th- like there i think are any. he 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 wrote it all with like uh like orchestral samples on yes. top of the drums and bass yes. so everything that would have been guitars is not yes so the rhythm section is very though it it leans into that sort of punk rock aesthetic you know yeah at, well he yeah he uh i, I want to say darren king produced it okay and Darren King is the was the drummer of Mute Math. Oh, right, right, right. He's their yeah. their family or something, right? I want to say. Yes. They're like so, brothers-in-law or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so Oh no, wait. Hold on. Let me pull this up. You are thinking of the next record. So Hebrews is produced by Max Bemis. Um oh, and it's okay. done for Equal Vision Records, but that is the one where um it's another one where someone is featured on almost every song. Um yeah. Aaron Weiss from Me Without You is in there. Uh Chris Conley from uh, Saves the Day is mm-hmm. in there. Um which he yeah. and he and Chris Conley put out a, a yeah. record of a band called Two Tongues, which I enjoyed quite it was, a bit. It was excellent. Um but anyway, so yeah, Hebrews was definitely the one that pulled me back in. Like it's just very angry. It's very and, and one of the things I wanted to talk about with Bemis is I I really like people who do things that are offshoots of the music that you and I listened to when we were in our sort of formative years, but mm-hmm. people who manage to make it over the hump of making music that's in that vein, but that is for adults, clearly. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, like Jeff, Jeff Rosenstock. Exactly. type of, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to hear you when you're like 45 or even, you know, 38 or whatever. <laughs> like, I don't want to yeah. hear you singing about like, you know, my does this girl like me or whatever it is, you yeah. know, like I don't, yeah. I don't need super emotional teenage stuff. Um, I want you to sing about different types of things. And I think, I yeah. think Mac, Max, but we want you to sing it in the same way you sang. About sure. I still want <laughs> the energy. Yeah, yeah. I still want the energy. I want the, I want all the, the, the fire of it, but I just don't, I don't relate to that stuff. So I don't want, you know, yeah. um, and I think Bemis is one of those people who was able to make that transition really successfully because it's like some some of his anxiety seems so existential that it's kind of yeah. timeless. Like it'll work when he's seventy, you know. Yeah. Um, but and I, yeah. I, I kind of feel like when you think about Mike Kim, I feel like the reason they lean into Danger Days, yeah. Well, Black Parade being about death, and there's still some love songs on there, but sure. they're like adult sure. love songs. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's like mm-hmm. about like. I, like I don't love you like I did yesterday. Like yeah. this is kind of yeah, yeah. tragic. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. But Danger Days is a about a world that doesn't exist. Exactly. It's not a you know. It's not just every song singing about me. Yes. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. So you either go like, and I think Max <laughs> Bemis is yeah. like, he. I, I don't know. Like he, you know, he said he wrote it all from the perspective of a character, sure. which I don't necessarily buy that. Yeah, I don't know that I do um, either. But it's fine. Like yeah, I'll, I'll whatever. You know, sure. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Um, but he's not gonna, (laughs) I don't know how to say this in a, you don't have to be, you don't have to be tactful. You don't have to be tactful because Bemis is never going to hear this. So just, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's like, it's like, yeah, he's going to sing about himself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like, 
because he's very much in his own head i think absolutely yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. um yep yeah he he presents himself that way for sure um so speaking of being in his own head let's talk about his comics um he makes the jump to comics uh probably when does he make the jump so he's been writing comics since 2013 yeah Um, so so this is what's interesting about max bemis in general and I, i wonder if this has anything to do with a manic like bipolar episode yeah um but uh i've 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 you know i've followed him and his wife for several years like mm-hmm. on instagram like sherry yeah, yeah. pre bemis who yeah. was she's in what, know, isley yeah was in isley yeah. and then you know darren king married stacy king which yeah. was also a, someone in isley and then adam <clears throat> lazara married one of the isley girls oh is that right time oh wow for a time sure short yeah. time hmm. uh, another one of the sisters and then sherry dupree was married to uh chad from newfound glory before she met max yeah so it's like this gotcha like all these this like these people and it feels like you're watching like walk the line or something right (laughs) but like for like our our stupid generation Mm -hmm. um but so I've, i've i've followed him a long time and i've always noticed like in his house uh there's there was and they've moved since but at their last house there was this room with bookshelves mm-hmm. that went, it used to be a living or it used to be a dining room. Yeah, but it's become a library, and it's book. It's like, but the shelves are like stacked through the room, like uh-huh. like a library. Yes, to where it's like a maze now. It's and very it's funny just, that I also know this room in Max Bemis' yeah, old yeah. house. <laughs> but the the yeah. bookshelves are filled with comics, every comic you can sure. think about. Yeah, and I, I want to say I read this several years ago, so this might be inaccurate to Mm -hmm. some degree but this is how i remember it he got an advance from a record label to make an album yeah and he spent a large (laughs) chunk of that advance buying he because he got into comics again from he wasn't as a kid yeah and then he's like oh my god i've i've missed so much yeah like i i I need i need everything Uh so he took that money and bought everything yeah he bought all the comics. Uh-huh. It wasn't like, well, I'm going to start collecting. No, it's like, no, it's like everything. And he's yeah. and he's probably still working through that. Yeah. All those I, comics. I remember him talking about, I was listening to an interview with him probably, you know, not quite a decade ago, but a long time ago. And he was, I remember him saying, you know, I read comics like it's homework. Like I have so much that yeah. I have to get to get through because I'm trying to catch up with everything. And so like I have, yeah. I have it scheduled out like it's work to do, you know? I have yeah. to get through so much today, um, or whatever. Um, uh, and so, so real quick to just to now that we've talked about Isley and this, yeah. all these. So I actually saw or word got around mm-hmm. uh, one of the last years we as a band played Cornerstone. Okay. Mm-hmm. Isley was headlining. Oh wow! Okay. And word got around yeah. that Max Bemis was wandering around Cornerstone oh, in a hoodie. Man. Yeah. And I saw him. Oh, that's great! And it's and it's but it's so interesting because it's like now he like he identifies as like a uh, a humanist, but also like like a, yeah. a Jewish Christian, right? But like a spiritualist, yeah. intellectualist, kind <laughs> right? Of, you know, it's a lot of things. Sure, I, I feel like a lot of that is just like you know his wife comes from a very yeah traditional Christian background. Uh huh. Um, which is why Isley can headline, headline Cornerstone, and that's okay. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, so he has to sort of I, incorporate know, that in some way or at least figure out maybe, how to deal with it yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, and, I, I th- you know, I think it's just trying to, like, connect with the person you care about. Sure, of um, course. Yeah, yeah. And, and But she also, she does. She seems very, like, 
I hate to use this word. Mm-hmm. She's like a secular style sure, yeah, Christian, yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably. Like culturally sort of, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a gross word. I know what you mean. I don't yeah. like. I don't like. That's a fine word. There's nothing wrong with that it's word. It's fine. Okay. But hold on. No, it's, hold on. It's not not gross in the sense that like. Yeah. That I have to like s- differentiate the two. Like, because like mean she's with, normal. She's not. She's normal. <laughs> she's yeah. normal. Um, she's just a regular you know, person. Growing up, yeah. growing up, secular was of the right. world, which was kind of a bad word. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't want to use it. Well, no, it's that's like what I was the opposite say. of a bad. Word I was now. gonna try to help. I was gonna try to help you with that word because, like, that word is not actually a word from the Christian subculture. Like, yes. it's not a word. <laughs> it's not a Christianized word. They're just, yeah. you know, some of the, they used it when we were growing it, up yeah. to mean bad. <laughs> yes, <something>. exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that that's my that's where I saw him. I saw him. That's cool. Just wandering around Cornerstone in a hoodie. Yeah. And at, at the time, I was thinking like, "Oh, this is edgy. Yeah. He's at Cornerstone. Edgy. You know? <laughs> stupid, <laughs> stupid. That's too funny. God, um, kids are stupid. All right. So in 2013, he starts yeah. writing uh, comics. Um, he doesn't come at it from the same sort of direction as Gerard Way, where it's like he was on track to write comics. It's more like he's been a long, long-term fan, from my understanding, and then mm-hmm. he used that as sort of a way to get in there. But he he does seem you know, the the thing I like about both of the guys that we're focusing on is both of them seem in their respective ways to be very sort of um, careful and respectful about the fact that they don't want to say, to seem like they're leveraging their fame yeah, in other areas. It's not a handout. It's to, not a to, handout. Right, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, and so, like, he announced that he was going to do a four-part limited series with Boom Studios um, in 2013 yeah. called Polarity, which was his first... Yeah. His first thing. And I actually... And went, I actually... Yeah, go ahead. I, I got those uh, in singles as they came in. Oh, for real? Um, Did you read them all? Yeah. Yep. There was only four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have them I I, I, I looked up and somewhere. I, I got and read uh, two of them for this, um, just so I'd have a sense, because I'd read Umbrella Academy, and I wanted to have read something of Bemis's. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, but anyway, so so Polarity is about a hero who suffers from bipolar disorder, um, and... But it also plays into the fact that, like, he is, uh, you know, a super person when he's yeah. manic or something. When he's like. manic, yeah. So it's it's he's like this hipster kid. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, th- I won't even say he has sassy bangs. You yeah. Know, he's like you know <laughs> who he used to be. Sure. Um, yeah. But kind of what I said earlier, you know, Max, yeah. when when he would get manic, especially yeah. before he was kind of diagnosed, he's like, mm-hmm. these uh, episodes felt like you had superpowers. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Uh-huh. It's like it felt like you were just high on drugs without having taken any. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, you could kind of get into some trouble sure. um, uh, if if that goes kind of un uh, you know untreated. Yeah. But, you know, the idea was, oh, what if, what if, like, untreated bipolar disorder was actually yeah. a super superpower, yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. and when you started to get manic, you could actually use your, those powers, mm-hmm. whether it be for for good or not. Yeah. So this this guy finds out like an issue or so in that his therapist actually knows that he's <laughs> that he's super, and yeah. is you know involved in watching him or something like that. It's it pretty cool. I'm gonna finish it. Um, yeah. But I could also very much tell that it's written by Matt, Max Bemis. Like some of the yeah. the verbiage he uses. You know, if he had put them into a sort of a sort of uh, tempo or rhythm, could have been just yeah. you know say anything lyrics in you know, some of the early it's, early stuff. 
it's that thing where like it, it's the same thing with like Tarantino or Kevin Smith. Yeah. Like yeah. when someone has like a voice, yes. uh, a narrative voice, yeah. like I gravitate towards it just because it feels yeah. uh, unique to that voice. It doesn't you know, feel like they're trying whatever. to do anything other than what naturally sort of comes out of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's really, that's attractive in art for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. he describes polarity as the fusion of, a Woody Allen movie and a and Spider Man. That's interesting. Um, yeah, but like dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's dark, but it, he says it's really kind of more of a comedy than anything. Um, yeah. uh, but at the same time, it has lots of like pathos, pathos, however you say that, mm-hmm. and exciting moments. Yeah. So it's not completely just silly. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I mean, it's really it's you know I I liked that book a lot. I haven't read a ton of his stuff. Um, he started writing for so he he wrote primarily for boom studios i watched a couple interviews of him talking about stuff and and talking yeah, about i think after that he came yeah. out with e- evil empire okay for boom, yes right? yes i always wanted to read that and i've never gotten around yeah. to it i think i have a yeah. couple issues oh do you um, yeah but i think i fell off of comics around that time yeah just because it was expensive like sure you know doing week to week is yeah. and, and i'll say like when i stopped listening listening to say anything mm-hmm. it wasn't because of say anything as much as that was a time in my life that you probably remember mm-hmm where I kind of uh, rebelled against anything musical that wasn't, like, uh, instrumental to, like, a oh, score. Interesting. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. I was yeah, yeah. so... I remember that. Yeah, I was so just burnt yeah, yeah. by my experience. Sure, um, yeah. And especially, like, in a Christian industry that just felt <laughs> so, like... You know, we yeah. we, were, we were set to sign a, a, a record deal, sure. and at the last minute, I'm like... Oh God, no! I can't like I can't in yeah. my right mind do this. Yeah. Like if I'm going to keep doing this, I have to keep doing this. Yeah, my way without you know. Sure. You know. Yeah. Whatever. It's so funny that we like we. I, th- I feel like we both experienced that to different degrees and in different ways, right? Like you. Yeah. You went hard toward like instrumental music and scores and a different you know movies. Me- yeah. yeah, exactly. Movies and music experienced in a different way. Um, and I like earlier than that, but I you know started trying to pretend to be Dave Bazan and play folk music, you know? Um, yeah. I feel like we, we both experienced similar things. Yeah, I, um, I didn't want to listen to anything that had words and yeah. could be could be structured into, like, yeah. a song. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, like, it was just a bad taste in my mouth well, it's important. whole experience. I mean, it ends up being an important part of, of your growth as not only a person, but as a creative person in general. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, now I'm... I'm like when when you and I started the band Villain District, mm-hmm. I was just kind of coming around to the sure. idea of yeah. like listening to music again. Yeah, yeah you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Like I didn't listen to music. Listening for to a like long time. listening to like pop music or listening to like music music. Like or when I, I guess when I say music, I mean you uh, mean yeah songs. Sort of the the, artists, yeah, the, yeah, the kind not, of music people listen to. <laughs> yeah, norm, yeah, normies. Normies. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, my yeah. Spotify playlist for a long time was just like film score. Sure. You know, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. it. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, and okay. Yeah. So that, that, uh, funnily enough and, and, um, uh, serendipitously that, that mm-hmm. tangent brings me back to one thing I wanted to say about Bemis that ties him and Gerard way together, which is that both of them, when they're making music and this cuts for Claudio Sanchez too, when they're making music, they're already looking at their music through a narrative light. So, um, mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that has led to, at least for Way and Bemis, sort of success in 
comics and also the fact that it doesn't feel like it's sort of a cash in because they're famous musicians like um you know i was listening to an interview with max bemis where he was talking about the original idea for is a real boy was that there were going to be spoken word interludes all the way across the record and it was going to build a story um yeah and so the whole thing was going to be this sort of artistic presentation where he was never just thinking about let me just get 12 songs down so that it's a record kind of thing yeah um yeah yeah and so i think you can see that (laughs) early on yeah and then he had a successful song that says i called her on the phone and she touched herself i laughed myself (laughs) to sleep that's right which was a bop. It was a great was song. Great, but what a weird thing to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what because a weird. You, yeah, you don't know that he's saying what he means there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's exactly. Like just this, and 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 in that sense, maybe maybe he does view that as a character because yeah. like yeah, you know, it it borderlines on satire yes. where it's like yes. I'm not no I'm not myself when I say these exactly. things. This I mean, is he, this he, is a character. He always has, and his, maybe I do buy that to some extent. Yeah, in in a, in that in that in way, that sort of abstracted way, way where you're not singing from your own perspective every minute of yeah. every song you sing. I mean that yeah. makes sense. Um, but like the you know he's a very good. He I mean he is a satirist. Like him talking about yeah. these these other you know comedians that influence him makes sense to me because he is, he does traffic in satire a lot. I mean there there there's a song on is a real boy where he is singing and if he plays it live he is singing it to the audience where oh molly the, conley yeah where the line is you goddamn yeah. kids it better be gracious with the Just merch with money the merch you money you spend because <laughs> for you i'll never Cause for you i won't ever, ever have, have rough, rough sex, sex with, with molly, molly conley again, again. Yeah. <laughs> so you better spend some fucking merch money <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's so yeah. good yeah um, if you guys haven't heard oh is a real God. boy if you listen to it and you don't like it oh, I, yeah do some do some and, yeah looking in the mirror and, but yeah. if you haven't heard it <laughs> just go indulge in that album it's, it's so, so good. good and and like and this is i mean early on you can see the seeds of and, and i think the thing that makes him very successful in multiple areas and the thing that makes gerard way are very different um and I think you can see their various, their different successes in how they diverge from being a sort of teen rock band. Um, yeah. Because yeah. Gerard becomes very, he does fantastical things. He's singing about this Grant Morrison world. Yeah. Theatrical. Exactly. And, and then, yeah. and then, and that works. Like that works for him to, to mm-hmm. not seem silly or stale or whatever. And then Bemis yeah. very much goes in the direction of like, the things that he he just figures out a way to make all this personal shit relatable like when he by the time he gets to hebrews and one of the reasons i love that record is because by the time he gets there he's singing about like uh, you know he's singing about his wife and his children and he's singing about like middle age and thinking yeah. about being old and dying like it's yeah, not and you and know. how like how like his lifestyle like probably wears on them yeah. as a family. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. It's almost in that Dave Bazan kind of way. Sure. Where, yeah. You know, I mean he, you, you said it before, honesty to a fault, right? I mean it's yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because in that episode I remember just talking about honesty a lot and yeah. how uncomfortable, but how yeah. it made me growing up, but also how much like I was drawn of to course. it. Yeah, it's magnetic. Um yeah. so yeah, Be- Bemis and 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 uh uh Bazan, yeah, like, what's yeah. his name? Uh, Bazan, <laughs> yeah. were were played very similar yes. roles, yes, 
for me yeah. growing up. No, I but agree. on two sides of the same coin. Yeah. You know, and different I, sides. Of I the love same them coin. for very much the same reasons. I mean, they're yes. they're very different artists, but their their yeah. appeal is similar. Um, uh, you and I saw say anything uh, in uh, in Nashville. Was it Nashville? It was Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. One one of like just one of the best shows. Oh yeah, so excellent. Right? I mean, yeah, excellent. Yeah, for sure. Right, for, I, uh, me, for me, it was doubly it was good. Loud. It was it was it too, was too loud. loud. Yeah, we were old at that point. Um, <laughs> well, I think I, I put my, I think I put ear, head, ear, ear, yeah. I had earplugs. Yeah, yeah, I think I had earplugs in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, look, I'm not looking for my ears to ring for three days just because I'm looking yeah. to get out and have a good time. Jeez. Um, I'm at the point now where like when <laughs> when Dolly has like a manic episode and yeah. she's barking. Yeah, yeah. I need to look into like just earplugs that like filter out harsh sure. frequencies just for day like because for that i, I yeah. like if i can't yeah do this job anymore yeah. then like what am i gonna do see <laughs> i mean here's the thing i'm screwed but <laughs> I, I mean I, could, I think i could be a copywriter or see something. we are talking about we are talking about how shows are too loud how you know any sort of audio stimulus that's a little too anxiety producing is a problem and we need to figure out how to like keep our bass level low and keep ourselves yeah. chill and not anxious and people that are our age need punk rock too so <laughs> this is what yeah. this is what these guys yeah. are providing um yeah. all right well i i i don't really have much else about bemis yeah. or um, dragway what do you, you got yeah just just from a career standpoint, Bemis uh, still I think still works a lot for Marvel comics. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, um, he switched he writes, over to Marvel. Mm-hmm. He wrote for Moon Knight for some time. That's right. Yeah, uh, he wrote an X Men book called X Men Worst <laughs> X Man Ever. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Uh, I want to say he wrote. Uh, I think he wrote some Spider Man where. Doc Ock and Spider-Man like trade bodies. That sounds really familiar for to me. Um, yeah, is it Superior? I don't know. Yeah, maybe Superior. Maybe Spider-Man. Superior, something like that. So um, comics, like, comics yeah, folks can tell us. But like, and people who aren't comics folks, like that sounds yeah. like an impressive thing. He's writing Spider-Man. Oh, for sure. Marvel, yeah, you know? yeah. So he's yeah. he's. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I want to say you know his his and Gerard Way's careers still look very different in the sense that yeah. You know, my Kim was on top of the world when they quit. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they weren't like, people aren't coming to shows anymore. We should stop. Yeah. They went out on top. That's true. Like, it wasn't trickling away. It was like, yeah, we're, yeah, we're done. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And part of part of my emotional reaction to them, you know, starting, you know, playing that show on that iPhone. Yeah. Like, I, I think they, were, they may have even been playing one of their earlier songs, but it's yeah. like, I didn't have any closure, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, but sure. for, for Max Bemis, you know, he is working for Marvel Comics as probably a freelance writer. Yeah. Um, still releasing music here and there. Uh, one of his, I want to say one of his main, like, money makers though, is... Song Shop uh, or whatever. Song Shop. Yeah. So he and Sh- uh, Sherry, mm-hmm. mainly him, but she, she'll, she'll hop in sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you can pay X amount of money. There are different tiers of what you get. Mm-hmm. Um, and you basically give him a uh, what you want him to write the song about, yeah. and he'll write a song for you and mm-hmm. record it with one mic, one performance, mm-hmm. and you know you get that. A lot of people buy them as gifts and presents and stuff, and yep. you know sometimes people have proposed to their like yeah significant significant others sure. with Max Bemis song. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I tried to do the math on it one day, and it seems like an incredible, incredibly like mentally mm-hmm. uh, 
exhausting thing to do. It does. Writing yeah. so many songs and so many lyrics. Sure. But like with the different tiers of money, like I want to say you could, he could, he, like with it and with, and that's what's great about now versus then yeah. is like now bands can survive on mm-hmm. Patreon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where if yep. you have, if you have a, a very loyal, even small fan base who are willing to give you X amount of money a month, even if it's a small number, mm-hmm. like you can make a living doing that. Yep. Like, it, you don't have to be on the radio anymore. No, you don't. So, yeah, the whole you know, the whole economics shop. have changed, and yeah. he's been doing that. I mean, I was one of the interviews I was watching with him, or it was just sort of a, a personal vlog. It was him talking to his his uh, computer or something, but it was um, yeah. from August of this year, so it was like pandemic, whatever. And he yeah. he mentioned having done the song shop for a decade at this point. Um, yeah, so that's been a yeah. huge. That's been a so, yeah, you know main opens source in- of his income. Yeah, it's like a okay song shop, song shop season. I'm taking yeah. X amount of people in, and yep. then you, I, you know, you have, you know, I'm going to record those songs over the next few months. That's and then, right. You know, then we'll do a new, another wave kind yep. of thing. But for sure, so you know, definitely my Kim was a much bigger band, and I'm sure Gerard Way still makes yeah a good amount of money on what my Kim did. Sure, but you know, my Kim coming back in 2020 very could. Very could be, you know, very well could be <laughs> yeah. a financial decision. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, it could be. So, um, All right. Well, you want to rate these uh, these fellas and this concept overall? Yeah. Cool. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So we are going to rate, <laughs> what was it? Comic books and punk rock hooks. <laughs> yeah. Comic books and punk rock hooks. We're going to rate that. Yeah. Um, you want to go first? Go for it. If you got yeah, it. Yeah. I, I rate it all 10. Excellent. Okay, <laughs> we'll say ten. Uh, we'll say ten creator-owned titles. Oh, I like that a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, I. Yeah. It's it it's uh the things we're talking about is just part of my DNA. Yeah. Like totally. And I don't hate myself. I'm a ten. Totally. Yeah. There you go. Y'all. You I know. Guess. I'm gonna I'm be. Not. I'm gonna be completely unoriginal. I'm gonna say ten too. What What the hell are we even? Why? Yeah. You know. Why would we? Yeah. I mean, it's, go home. Yeah. Come go on. home. You're drunk. Come on. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna rate it ten out of ten. Uh, what's this beat? I don't know. Hold on, let me turn my mic so you can hear it. Uh, it's it's this beat. Yeah, the yeah the yeah. the yeah the punk rock. Beat. What is it? is that the punk rock beat? What do, what do you call yeah, it? It's, the, if it was like doom metal, it would be a blast beat. But that's not that. Yeah. That's like snare on it uh, on on every you know uh, uh, eighth or sixteenth or something like that. I don't I don't yeah. know what that beat is called. It's the um, beat that like when you start a punk rock band, you yeah. have to make sure that the drummer can the drummer do that. has to be able to do that one. And if not, yeah. then it's like, oh, well, yeah. we're not legit, so yeah. we're going to have to move on. And you. here's the thing is uh, I had a couple parts in one of the songs that I recorded recently that did that, and I had to figure out how to do it on drums. And it is not like it's not a joke. Like yeah. I couldn't do it. I could I like I, I got a facade of that beat going, but it is not that beat. It's a lie. It's a lie to my core. So. Um, yeah, it's a skill. I hear you. Uh, I hear you. All right. Well, I, oh, I didn't say this. Welcome everybody to the Common Creators Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> welcome. Thanks for listening. Welcome home. The welcome home. Um, this is our episode on on punk rock and comics or whatever the hell we end up call, calling it. We're a double a double production. I usually say dual. We're a dual production of both. Uh, the Destination Nation Network here in beautiful Louisville, Kentucky, and also of Rock Candy Recordings out of Asheville, North Carolina. So go to both DestinationComics.com and also RockCandyRecordings.com for all sorts of cool stuff. Um, Rock Candy actually has uh, a new podcast that I don't think... I think we've had a commercial for the 
for the podcast i'll probably haven't mentioned it which is brown sugar diaries which is um good and then they, they're gonna have more podcasts coming out um destination nation has uh classics um including animation destination which covers all things animation so go check those out whatever uh let us know what you want us to talk about common creators podcast at gmail.com common creators podcast on instagram all that kind of stuff um i mean in terms of panels and 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 punk rock uh beats and you know uh anxiety and theatrics would you say that you concur with this divide and concur on this one bro i like that i like that a lot all right thanks for listening everybody See you next week. Bye. See you, see you the when, when <laughs> the next time. I laughed myself to sleep is the best. <laughs> <laughs>